Hey friends, this is the Two Cents Worth, uh, where we discuss societal and cultural issues through the lens of a Christian worldview. We're excited about that. Uh, today we're talking about the pandemic and what God has to do with all of it, right? My name is John Duff. I'm the associate pastor here at Centenary United Methodist Church in Danville, Kentucky. And sitting over here is... I'm Chris Morgan, and I'm the senior minister here at Centenary United Methodist in Danville, Kentucky. And we're glad to be with you today. Yeah, and we also have Kathy with us. So, Hi. Hey, Kathy. So who are you, Kathy? How are you related to us? I'm so related to you? People can know. I am the church office manager secretary tech person dot 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 person yeah kathy's like another pastor that does a lot of the work yeah, that is of. random detail work that we're not always good at so kathy fills it in so we're happy about that and if you were to take kathy out of the system the system would collapse in on itself. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> in some sense. We'd have to get someone that that a lot, but I don't think so. very willing to be flexible and, and work hard for uh, the mission of the church. So yes. we're happy that Kathy's here with us. Well, we wanted to start out with just saying, well, how have you all been? And I want to ask Chris, how have you been this week? And Kathy, too. And then if you're joining us on Facebook, you can comment and tell us, how, how have you been this week? So, Chris, how have you been this week? Mm, this week... It's been a full week so far, and it's only Tuesday morning, and so yeah. I started off the week actually a little tired, but um, full day yesterday, satisfying day uh, yesterday. I went to the dentist with a couple of kids first thing this morning, yeah. and uh, being a bit of a germaphobe, um, pandemic dentist visits are not like my dream come true. Yeah, true. But I can understand that. True. Cool. Kathy, how's your week been? Busy week Anything so far. It's yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's good. Sweet. Sweet. Excited about a lot of fun things getting ready to happen. I have a good week. It's beautiful outside. I know. Right now. And last night was beautiful, <laughs> even though we it's were actually cold this in morning. a meeting. <laughs> yes. Last night was very beautiful. And then this morning was great uh, driving into work. And I was really excited because I preached on Sunday. My family came to Danville. And I got to show them Danville. And that was really fun. So I had a fun time with that on Sunday uh, with my family hanging out. So, uh, yeah, that's how we've been. So how have you all been? Let us know. We got any comments? Anyone saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, say hi and and how your weeks have been so far. So, um, but that's been good. So we wanted to start out. Oh wait up! Actually, I had something I wanted to throw in here. Okay. So, uh, Kathy, I want to oh, ask you. No. I want to make the world known, and I want to put pressure on Kathy about this. That Kathy has not eaten Chick Fil A breakfast. No. And I really think Chick Fil A breakfast is incredible. Um, Chick-fil-A breakfast will probably be in the new creation, just as it is, because Here, it's that I'll good. I'll give you a little bit more. I've only probably okay. eaten at Chick-fil-A maybe twice. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, the rest, like, Chick-fil-A is good, but, yeah, but you haven't lived here your whole life. No. But. But I'm all about Chick-fil-A breakfast, and Kathy hasn't, so we're going to have to try to change. We have to bring me well, breakfast. Well, right now, yeah, you drive past it every day. Yeah, but, you know, my thing is, like, if I do that, it's going to be, like, 30, 40 minutes That's okay. cold. Microwave. We could do that, or when we go on our staff retreat, we could get some Chick-fil-A breakfast. That was what I was thinking, but I decided to propose that on a live podcast. So, Anyways. No pressure. If you like Chick-fil-A, 
breakfast. I really don't eat the Angie lunch. Angie says they have the best breakfast. Yeah, it's the be- it's definitely the best fast food breakfast. They um, also have the best spicy chicken sandwich. Ooh, if you're into spicy good. chicken sandwiches, Chick Fil A is good for sure. I like the food. So, but. you're moving. Yeah. I am moving soon, so that's exciting. So then what are you, there's no Chick-fil-A here, so what will be your substitute? It's going to be tough. There's one that's in Richmond. (laughs) That's like 30 minutes away. Um, And then also maybe when I visit family and whatnot. I don't know. Jennifer Jennifer Clark says I can eat my weight in the mini chicken biscuits for breakfast. Ooh, those are good. I really like the spicy chicken biscuit sandwich er, for, for breakfast, the spicy chicken biscuit. Um, and and I, I I used to get the the burrito sometimes the scramble and that's really good too. But yeah, the breakfast is really good. Chick Fil A's so, waffle fries, I feel yeah, like I could eat on and on and on. Yeah, I tried that once and I can't really eat them on and on and on. But I always want more than they give me. For sure. So we're gonna have to expose Kathy to Chick Fil A breakfast. Lee Server says Brooks Bakery. Brooks Bake. Oh, so Brooks. Be, yeah, that might be your. Do they have a chicken sandwich? <laughs> I don't think so. I've had Burks, and and I like Burks. Yeah, so I will definitely probably I can see myself like on Fridays and Saturdays waking up and walking to Burks or something like that. So that he's gonna be wired. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So All the donuts. But anyways, yeah. So that's what we're we're gonna try to do that. But anyways, as we get started, I wanted to uh, talk to us about what we're doing on this podcast. Um, so we're at that's one. We're gonna call it. A podcast. It's kind of like a show or a radio show if you don't know what podcasts are. Um, but it's uh, just an audio recording of uh, just us talking. And, it, and I really love the podcast form of discussion so that we can have conversations rather than we as pastors do, you know, the preaching thing. But that's just like one person talking. And we really enjoy the two person talking and three and uh, just having engaging around that. So that's kind of what we're doing with this we have a provisional name that's two cents worth and and why are we called two cents worth because we are two guys from centenary so it's two cents worth right now yeah it's a provisional name centenary is really over 100 years old so it's 250 something years old right 230 40 subtract 1788 from 2020 yeah so 31 231 we're going to make it to 250. But anyways, so we have a provisional name. We actually might change that name because the problem with that name is that when you uh, search for podcasts, eh, there's a bunch of two cents worth. And so we might change that. Uh, but again, our mission is to discuss societal and cultural issues through the lens of a Christian worldview. So what that means is we want to talk about important Christian topics that helps us interact with society and our culture uh, today and through a Christian worldview, what does that mean, Chris? Well, there are lots of worldviews that, that we can take, and you know, the scientific worldview is that you know, there's in, in many cases there's there's an explanation for everything, and if you can just determine why X causes Y, you can you can sort of get in between X causing Y, and and uh, there's there's this causality that goes on and on mm-hmm. at infinitum, but. Uh, the, the Christian worldview is, is a little more personal in that uh, God, God is, is not an energy force. Uh, God is not a chain of causation. Yeah. God is a person uh, who loves and wants to be loved and yeah. has, uh, has created the world uh, in order for these personal qualities to come out. Yeah, 
And so a Christian worldview would be centered around this, this notion that Jesus of Nazareth is the self-disclosure of God mm-hmm. and that if we are to know who God is, then we are to focus on, on Jesus and his teachings and how those teachings in the New Testament are, are brought to us. Yeah, and, and that affects the way we view the world and how our whole understanding of everything is shaped. And so that's what we mean by a world view, right? Does that make sense, Kathy? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Awesome. Cool. Um, so that's what we want to do on this podcast. And lastly, we're going to probably change the time to 1220. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. But we like the ele- the in the daytime, but 1220 will allow people, if they're on lunch break, to possibly listen in and interact. And so that will be really cool um, for us to do. Uh, so... So hopefully Next those week. of you who are at home and um, are available at 11 o'clock will be available at 12.20, but we, we think there might be some people who would be available at 12.20 who, who couldn't be here at 11. Yeah, cool, cool. So that's that's about our podcast, our show, what we intend to do. Uh, so tune in next week. We'll, again, uh, mention that at the end of the show. But I want to tell a story about uh, something that I found out of probably a couple, it was probably a couple months ago. So... Uh, sometimes on my uh, Sabbath, I go to different pray- places and play- pray. <laughs> Sorry, can't get the words out. Go to different places and pray. And uh, on this particular Sabbath, I went to the Catholic Church where they have like this this place where you can uh, go and pray in Lexington. And don't worry, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> I, we'll talk about that a little bit. And as I went to this Catholic Church, they had some little things out, some cards out that we're talking about praying to St. Corona. So, did you know that there's a saint named Corona? I did not know that there was a saint named Corona. So, there's actually a saint in Catholicism named Corona. And so, on on their little card, they had a picture of St. Corona, and then they had a prayer to St. Corona to save us from this pandemic and whatnot. And I found that interesting. So, I said, okay... Let's um, let's see what this Saint Corona really is all about. So the problem that I have with well, we're not Catholic, so we don't pray to saints. That's one thing. But secondly, as I researched this, Corona was actually uh, a person, a female, in the second century, I think. I had a there's a Wikipedia article on her, but she was actually a martyr. She was killed. So what her story is is. There was a Roman guard that became a Christian that ended up being martyred. And so they were killing uh, this Roman guard. I think they were burning him at the stake or something. And so Corona is known for going uh, to comfort this Roman guard. I forget his name and I should have pulled the article up. I'm sorry, but you can Wikipedia it. And so because she comforted him as he was dying, they then went and killed her also. And that is the complete story of what we know about Corona. And then, um, so beyond that, the history of her being a saint, she was a saint. Um, Beyond that, she, before the pandemic, was known as the patron saint of treasure finders or seekers because there was a man who was searching for treasure and he prayed to Corona and then he found treasure. And so she became popular to pray to when you're seeking treasure. So here's the deal. Before the pandemic, this is 
this is all we know about her. But now people are praying to her because she has the same name as the disease or the, um, the, the virus that's going around. So she got a new and job. So she got a new she job. She was reassigned in the organization based yeah. solely upon her name. Yeah. So, Chris, what are your thoughts upon that? <laughs> My thoughts upon that are, you know, how convenient it, yeah. it is. And we, we've seen that with uh, with everything from Corona beer to now St. Oh, Corona. Yeah. Yeah. That, that people are taking advantage of uh even some of the other coronaviruses, uh, you know, anybody who's had the common cold will, you know, kind of snicker and say, you know, I've, I've had the coronavirus or a coronavirus. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just one of the things I think that we do. And yeah, yeah. St. Corona has just gotten transferred <coughs> in the organization if you're, yeah. if you're Catholic. Yeah, well, in, in part of my thought is if you're, if you're Catholic and you're into the praying to the saints things, it, like, it doesn't not make sense. Like, it's just another person to pray to, kind of, in a way. But I also think it's kind of like, oh, she has this name, so let's just pray to her as the patron saint of, you know, pandemics, which is kind of, like, iffy, you know, even even within the Catholic worldview and ideas of saints. But we don't pray to saints either. So do you have any thoughts on that? I don't. No, just... Yeah, okay. We get faces from Kathy that you all can't see. um, But why don't we pray to saints, Chris? If you have a short version, not a long version. The short version would be we don't pray to saints uh, because as as Methodists, as Protestants, um, we believe that Jesus has given us direct access Mm. to God. And so... uh, if there is an intercession, it is God himself as, as Jesus interceding for us, the yeah. Spirit interceding for us. So members of the Trinity themselves um, form that, that chain, yeah. that link yeah. and between it, the Godhead and us. And Paul encourages us to approach the throne boldly and, and to pray. And, and we believe in the, the, what's the priesthood of all believers, and mm-hmm. so we all have access to God. And, have, and so we're not Catholic, right? Right. We're not Catholic, but we will say. I mean, I've got praying yeah. people in my in my life that that I will say, please pray for me when, yeah. when something happens. And um, yeah. so there there is a a, a case that, that that could be made um, for for the Catholic understanding of that. And the, yeah, the case would be well if if you ask a living person to pray for you, then praying to the saints is like us asking a living yeah. a living yeah. person to intercede for us as well. But um, but we as Protestants believe that we go directly to God. Yeah. So we're not like condemning the practice, right? No. But we don't do it as Protestant ministers. <laughs> and, and we don't really endorse it either, right? No. no. So we're not condemning the practice. There you go. So I just thought that's an interesting take on things and will introduce us to our topic of... Uh, Corona, what's God got to do with it? And how are we as Christians to live in light of this pandemic? So uh, I, I guess kind of what I want to talk about today and what we, we, we're going to talk about is, okay, there's this great pandemic that happens. And I, I think especially right away, kind of right after everything started happening where, you know, America had to, you know, shut down and whatnot. Uh, you have a lot of these Christians and, and a lot of these leaders even uh, trying to come up with a reason 
for why the pandemic is happening in light of Christianity. Like, what does Christianity say and why is, quote unquote, God sending this pandemic on the world? And so there's a lot of different responses out there in the world of Christianity. And I wanted to talk about some of those different responses and what we thought about that and how we could um, do that. So John Piper was one of the earliest to come out with a, with a hyper-Calvinist uh, understanding of why the, the pandemic was happening. And, and Piper is, is consistent in his theology. Uh, mm-hmm. Reformed theology has given us some of the greatest theologians in the history of America in particular, but in the history of the yeah. world also. Yeah. Um, Reformed brothers and sisters take their Bibles incredibly seriously. Um, yeah, which we appreciate. And and Piper is, is one of those who believes in the utter, complete, uh, non-negotiable sovereignty of God. And yeah. so not a, not a molecule in all of creation moves that God has not ordained from before the foundation of the world. Yeah. And so for someone like uh, Piper... So- so so when you say that, what you're meaning is that it's not just God has power over everything and can do anything. It's that he actually controls mm-hmm. every single movement or everything that happens. He literally controls, right? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, and, and early in his book, uh, Piper talks about how when he was diagnosed with, uh, with prostate cancer, um, being presented with the odds by the doctors and the nurses and uh, and going home and, and recognizing that that uh, if God says you will take your next breath, you will take your next breath. But if mm-hmm. God has decreed that you will not, you will not. And so so from a Calvinistic, uh, from a hyper-sovereignty perspective of, of God, um, yeah. then, then the coronavirus is is somehow within the will of God, is somehow caused by God, brought by God for specific purposes. Uh, Those purposes may be to remind us how small we are. Those purposes may be to remind us that we can't control everything. But, uh, you know, if Piper's view is that that it it is brought by God for purposes which may or may not be known to us. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So that's that's one of the Christian views that has come out. Uh, yeah. Methodists are not Calvinist. Methodists are not. Um, they we, we all have our quirks. And yeah. I would say that the the Calvinist quirk would be you know everything is viewed through the lens of God's control and God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Um, Pentecostals Which, Pentecostals would see everything through the lens of the Spirit of God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Methodists would would tend to see everything through the lens of God's grace. And human human agency in some yeah. cases. God's grace, love, and mm-hmm. human agency. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's what we are, and that's what we strongly believe is what God's about for sure. Um, so, so that's one view, the kind of Calvinist John Piper view. Another view that Chris and I actually just received a, a little booklet on was by a guy named Stan Key, and and he wrote a booklet on it, and basically his thoughts were that, um, well. Uh, okay, God has sovereignty, which when he says sovereignty, uh, I don't think he means the same thing that Piper means. Uh, what he means is that God has ultimate control over everything and he has providence, which means like with everything that happens, God says yes to. Like there's nothing that happens that God doesn't say yes to. Like, And, and that is something that's held by all Christians, right? 
Like, God has providence. Like, it's not that God is surprised by the coronavirus. Um, but he said uh, that as we're looking for reasons why God might say yes to the coronavirus, he said, well, we can say, well, God is ultimately responsible for this. And that God, and he used a lot of passages from the Old Testament to talk about how uh, in the Old Testament, God says, well, if, if something comes upon you, some calamity comes upon you, but if my people turn to me and pray and repent, then they will, then I will turn and heal their land. That's from First Chronicles, right? Or, or Second Chronicles, uh, something along those lines. And so he uses kind of this Old Testament theology uh, to say, like, God be, has sent this upon us, in a sense, and is inviting us to turn and to pray to him. Uh, so what what are your thoughts in response to that? I, I think the when he says, I don't blame God, but I hold God responsible. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, a, that's an interesting take that tries to... Um, that tries to hold on to the sovereignty of God, but also that creation has taken a turn that God initially, um, or that, that is not consistent with with God's full desire for what creation might be. So yeah. um, I, I think there's an attempt there to, to look at the perfect will of God versus the permissive will of God. The perfect yeah. will of God, what the will of God would look like in a perfect world but the permissive will of God uh, God allows some things to happen um, that ultimately we don't necessarily see as good yeah yeah absolutely and to that I I really felt like um, in what he wrote he used a lot of Old Testament language and in scripture and while that's good like we love the Old Testament in the Old Testament God's covenant with the nation of Israel was very was different in a way than God's new covenant in Jesus Christ, as in God was dealing with working primarily through a nation uh, to reach the world rather than now working through the church to reach the world. And there's no one nation that God is working through. So a lot of times in the Old Testament, like even the, the cursings and the blessings in Deuteronomy that we see are not individual cursing. They're, they're over the whole nation of Israel. Like, if you follow me, I will bless. And if you turn away, I will curse. And so similarly, uh, when God brings natural disaster to Israel, or, or okay, example in Egypt, um, like God brings the plagues and is wanting the Egyptians to um, repent and let the Israelites go away or, you know, escape, you know, Exodus, leave, <laughs> leave Egypt. Be liberated. And so, so God absolutely uses natural disasters there. But here's the deal. When God does that, it's got to be really, in my opinion, it's got to be really clear what that God is doing that for a certain reason. For example, God sent Moses to Pharaoh and said before all these things happened, God is going to bring this on you if you don't let us go, let my people go, right? Um, and so for us to claim, I think, for us to claim a natural disaster is sent by God for a specific purpose... I think we need some type of clear under, prophetic understanding of that uh, before it happens and not just like this general thing. D does that make sense? Like It makes sense. But it especially makes sense if we're trying to answer 
the question why. Yeah. Okay, and that can move us to to the next. Yeah. To the next possibility, which is that of N.T. Wright, which uh, is our favorite. Yes, our <laughs> Anglican bishop N.T. Wright. Um, if you look at some articles that he has written in uh, the last six months, you'll see that N.T. Wright says the question of why is like not the right question. That rationalists, and particularly rationalist Christians, always want to know why something's happened. Yeah. And romantic Christians can't wait for whatever's happened to be over with so that they can, oh, what a beautiful time it is now that this is over with. Yeah. And yeah. that that the Bible deals with a far greater range of, of experiences in humanity than just rationalism. Yeah. Uh, can I pop in real quick? Go for so it. So, like, one thing is that the, the Time, is it Time Magazine, yeah. had N.T. Wright write an article on this in March. This was the end of March, so it was really close uh, to as the pandemic hit America and, and Europe and, and the broad world. And for one, we want to say thank goodness they chose N.T. Wright to write the article and not some other nut job that's a Christian that doesn't know what they're talking about. So we're very happy about that. But you can hear from the title, his title of the article is Christianity Offers No Answers About the Coronavirus. It's Not Supposed to. Well, and in, I love in that fairness, N.T. Wright did not write that title. Oh, yeah, okay. And got some that pushback for, the, for Time Magazine assigning that title to him. But it's yeah. not an unfair title. Yeah, but I like the title because basically what a, a big part of what he's saying is that so often we ask this question of why, but we don't always have, we can't, we, we want to find the reason, which is what Chris was talking about. But too often, like, that's the, like, we can't know why, because, so you want to talk about that a little more? Well, there's, we know this in life, you know, we know that when we're sitting in an oncologist's office, um, or when we've just been in an automobile accident, or when uh, you've just lost your job and don't know quite what you're going to do next, there is this crying out that, that happens yeah. to God, and Sometimes we can see that God's blessing us in a really weird way, in a mm -hmm. cool way through that. Um, and sometimes but, it stinks. Yes, yeah. But even when God blesses us through that, it's because God works good of all things, mm -hmm. which is an incredible thing. Like, God always works for our good. And so much so, and I say this kind of jokingly, that some of our brothers and sisters think that he causes these things to bring about greater good. But we don't. Uh, we don't take that step or that leap. But anyways, you keep going along yeah, there. Exactly. And and uh, so, so N.T. Wright says that he doesn't think there is a specific answer to the question of why the coronavirus is happening. But he points out that all throughout the Bible there's this genre of lament. Mm, and yeah. in the laments, especially in the Psalms, um, we find, uh, why, oh, why have you forsaken me? Um we find this crying out to God in the midst of pain. And there are some laments that are kind of resolved in the end. Uh, there are some where resolution is left hanging. Um, there, there are some when it starts off with this just grand hymn of praise and then, and then ends up with, you know, you've done great things in the past. We remember what you have done for our ancestors, yeah. but now you have forsaken us. And uh, some of the Psalms end 
in darkness and, and not in light. And we've got this entire book of Lamentations yeah. looking back with, with poetry about the destruction of Jerusalem. And, and N.T. Wright says that lament is a real feature of the Christian life. Yeah. And that we don't like the genre of lament because we've become really good at complacency. We've become really good at uh, at thanking God when things go well, at, at, at being happy with being complacent. But that uh, Martin Luther, he, he goes back to Martin Luther and says, you know, mm-hmm. as, as early as Luther, they were having to church, close churches all the time uh, for plagues that would would. Yeah. pop up every few years and you know, sometimes churches would be closed for a year at a time and uh, and Luther Luther just had very practical advice for that uh, yeah you know yeah. don't do anything to spread it obey the civil authorities um, kind of keep your head up and keep yeah. moving. And, it, and he says like I'll pray and I'll trust God and I'm gonna do the things that help the spread not continue and so yeah for sure that's Luther but that's kind of side note sorry so the, the Luther side note but but ultimately N.T. Wright is, is like this this is teaching us I mean if it's yeah. if there is a if there's something that's coming out of this it's reminding us that lament is a part of the human experience yeah and that our prayers and we know this you know mm-hmm. we've, we've prayed for friends and family uh, our prayers are not always answered as yeah. as we wish that they would be we prayed for things in our community we prayed for jobs we didn't get or for marriages to work out that didn't work out and yeah. and uh, as a result of that um, lament is a real got the fly I got the, the fly <laughs> <laughs> lament is a real experience yeah in our lives yeah so basically you now I don't know what to do with the fly if you want to get rid of it I'll continue talking <laughs> so 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 kind of my response is that like what he's saying is that we can bring our emotions to God and process our emotions with God and uh, Corona reminds us that we can bring this frustration and this heartbreak over personal uh, things that have gone wrong in our lives and global things and really the pandemic reminds us, that we live in this broken world, right? And that we should absolutely lament over that. Now, Paul reminds us in Thessalonians, grieve, but do not grieve as those without hope, right? Because in, in Romans, Paul talks about the whole world growing, in N.T. Wright writes about this too, the whole world is groaning for the new creation, for the redemption that God has planned for us um, and for the whole world, and, and we're crying. We as Christians cry out for that because we see a first, a foretaste of that in the resurrection of Christ, and in the newness that God brings in our life, and the freedom from sin that we can have. Uh, but it's not, it's not completely here the way that it will be when the new creation comes to earth, where heaven comes to earth, and God renews us in ways where we're free from sin, free from death, free from pain. Um, but we're not there yet. And so as Christians, we're called to cry out and lament the big picture of there's sin, there's uh, brokenness in the world, and also in our own lives. And, and, and then as we lament, the Spirit laments with us and, and brings about, uh, we can bring about new creation in, in the ways that we are able to. Um, and I just love that. I'm going to read the last paragraph of the of N.T. Wright's article, uh, because it's really good. He says, It is no part of the Christian vocation, then, to be able to explain what's happening and why. So, 
so often we want to say why, but he says we can't most of the time. In fact, it is part of the Christian vocation not to be able to explain and to lament instead. As the Spirit laments with us, so we become, even in our self-isolation, small shrines where the presence and healing of love of God can dwell. And out of that, there can emerge new possibility, new acts of kindness, new scientific understanding, new hope, new wisdom for our leaders. Now there's a good thought. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he, he's saying we can't know why, um, for sure. And, and that's an incredible part. But I, I did want to ask you, do you think that God, it, it, do you think that God could... This could be sent by God for a specific reason, in a sense. I'll put you on the spot, and we'll talk about a little bit. I don't tend to think of natural disasters as being directly sent by God. I think yeah. I think of natural disasters as being a, a, a part of creation itself. The tectonic plate movement causes earthquakes at specific times, which, you know, I don't know that I view them as... as a, appointed by God in, in yeah. every sense. It's not to say yeah. that, that God couldn't send one at a specific time and, and tell, tell people, you know, warn them beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like about every hundred years we have some kind of a pandemic that, that wipes through the world and uh, yeah, it, can, it, it affects Christians as well as non-Christians. Uh, it affects those who are really cautious and it affects those who are who are not really cautious, and we be as cautious as we can. Uh, yeah, but I want to I want to pick up on that because because right away in the when the pandemic hit out, there was a lot of like so called preachers that are like, oh, it's the end times and like all this prophecy and stuff. But one of the things Chris just said was something that was uh, passed along by the more kind of level headed preachers that like the world's had these types of things before. Like this is not super unique. And so, I mean, just think of the Spanish flu, 1918, where 50 million people died, a lot more than has passed so far from the coronavirus. Um, and, and so, like, it's an it's a ethnocentric and an egocentric thing to think, oh, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened, and so the world's gonna end. Ethnocentric meaning we're just focused on our own culture. Egocentric means we're just focused on ourselves. And chronocentric. Yeah. We're focused on our own time. Yeah. And we forget. And and as somebody who's read a lot of ancient history, uh, and read a lot more of ancient history than than I care to admit at times. <laughs> but but there have always been wars. There have always yeah. been conflicts. Mm -hmm. There have always been these mysterious, unexplained, uh, mass casualty events. Um, that mm -hmm. have been given different explanations by different groups of people. Um, there have always been things that occur in the heavens, be they comets or um, constellations that are coming together in, in interesting ways. Um, you, know, you can always look for something to, to tell you to be wary. And, and if anything, maybe that's, maybe that's one of the lessons of, of all of these things is that we are to be wary, we are mm -hmm. to be watchful, we are to yeah. know that we live in a dangerous world, and uh, at our best, we can expect to live. I think someone born in my year can expect to live on average 78 years. That doesn't yeah. mean I won't get hit by a bus this afternoon. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that, that yeah. I won't have an aneurysm uh, two weeks from now. Um, yeah. we, have, we have expectations, but we know that, 
that the world is a different and difficult place to live. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm going to wrap us up with a little bit, um, but just I'm going to encourage us that um, we want to know why, we want to have reasons, and we want certainty. Um, but as Christians, we ha- kind of have to be okay with a little bit of mystery, right? Because if we fully understand God and fully understand the world, then like we miss out that God is a lot bigger than us. And God is God and we are not. And so a big part of what it means to be a Christian is, yes, understanding God and, and coming to know him deeper, but understanding that there's, there's mystery there. And there's mystery to, like, why is God not, like, just taking the coronavirus away? Like, um, and, and we kind of have to be okay with that, live in that, and lament, as N.T. Wright has led us to um, talk about. And, and, and there's a trust of God that he's bringing about uh, his new creation, his new world um, in us, and that that is our future, the future for us and for the whole world. And so um, that's exciting. So, um, but with that, we're going to wrap up and share a couple of next steps for you, ways that you can get involved more at the church here in Danville. Uh, so, Chris, you want to start us off with that? Wednesday nights, we're starting back something new, and we're learning that it's hard to plan for six weeks out. It is impossible to plan for six months out, but we are, we are landing on three weeks right now. We have a three-week series of Wednesday nights yeah. that are coming up, and there's going to be stuff going on for children, for youth, for adults. We're calling it Remember September. It's going to be Wednesday the 16th, the 23rd, and the 30th. Yeah. Um, Miss Jill will be having parking lot parables out in the parking lot, and um, Darren will be doing teaching out in the pavilion from 6 to 6.30. Uh, from 6.30 to 7.15, the kids will have some outside time, bicycles, roller skates, skateboards, um, just playing around outside. That should be a lot of fun. Um, supervised play outside for our kids and our youth. And in that 45 minutes from 6.30 to 7.15, John and I will be leading a study on Jonah. We'll be doing that in the multi-purpose room appropriately socially distanced, but for those of you who wish to be extremely socially distanced, you will be able to be a part of that from wherever you are. Online, yep. We'll be streaming that online. It should be good. Um, So don't forget, Wednesday night, come out tomorrow. That's tomorrow. tomorrow. It is Come out tomorrow. Uh, Second next step, that if you want to get more involved in our community, we're actually going to do something really fun on October 9th, so mark your calendar. October 9th, we're going to do a all-church camp out in, on our property in the back uh, by the pavilion and where there's lots of open space. And that's going to be really fun. It's going to be a Friday evening. Uh, you can come also if you don't want to spend the night. But we're going to just do a camp out and have fun. More information coming out on that in the future. Like 60% of the people that I talk to uh, say, I think I've had coronavirus. Well... There's a way you can find out, and you can help your fellow man and woman, okay? Uh, We're having a blood drive on October 25th, and one of the features of that blood drive is that they will be doing antibody tests. Mm -hmm. And so those of you who wonder if that strange illness you had the last week of March or the last week in February might have been COVID, well, you can get an answer for that, plus 
you can also help uh, to refill a, a dwindling blood reserve that we have here in Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. And then lastly, come out to worship at 9 and 11.15 here at the church. You can also tune in, obviously, to our Facebook Live and all that. But we'd love to see you for worship. I'd uh, love to be with you and to worship God together. You got something? I got a comment. I'll okay. Yeah. Jennifer says, I really enjoy hearing the two of you talk through this using our Christian perspective it's such a comforting change from all the doom and gloom spread through our world right now your gentle mm. yet strong confidence in God's word helps me feel stronger and yearn for your faithful confidence awesome cool thanks Jen that's that's our goal here we don't I think we don't get enough of a, a thoughtful Christian perspective in a hyper politicized world yeah yes. absolutely so um, so thanks for that uh, we'll be here next week Tuesday and again we're going to do 12:20 next week. So if you're working, you can have a lunch break and tune in. Um so we'll see you next week for episode 2 of this fall season. Uh with that Pastor Chris is going to send us out with a blessing. May the Lord bless you today as you continue your work, your recreation, your rest as you continue to live and to love, to learn and mm-hmm. to leave a legacy of hope, of faith, of love in the world. Bless you, and may the Lord be with you until we meet again.